All right, this week of Parshat Yitro, which of course, without question, the central theme of Parshat Yitro is Matan Torah. And um, I, I want to share with you uh, an observation, uh, which I've done in the past, revolving really around Parshat B'Shalach, uh, because uh, B'Shalach is sort of the source of where this whole thing comes from. But it is equally appropriate to Yitro, as you will see. Uh, and that is the following. We celebrate Shavuot as Chag Matan Toratenu. And as we well know, there is no mention anywhere in Tanakh of connecting the festival of Shavuot with the event of Matan Torah. So Matan Torah is shrouded in a lot of chronological mist, such that it's really unclear what happens when and in what order. Uh, the famous Machloket Ramban and Ibn Ezra, among others, about Yesh Muktam Mukhar Torah seems to start, although it exists earlier, seems to start at when did Yitro actually show up, and it moves from there, the Mishkan, etc. So I want to take a look at it and suggest that we may have uh, an allusion, or better, better than that, to the 6th of Sivan being the day of Matan Torah in, uh, in the events that happened in Parshat Peshalach, and then I'm going to share with you something that I haven't done in the past, uh, which is a much, much older source for identifying it that way, sort of, kind of. And you'll see what I mean. Tan Rabbanan, this is the sugya in Shabbat, in the famous sugya of Matan Torah, Kafalim HaKagigit, um, um, the crowns, the Nasa Venishma, all of that in that famous sugya on the ninth parak of Shabbat. Tan Rabbanan. Now, by the way, that phrase itself is rife with difficulties. What do you mean, nitnu? Does it mean God said the Aserat brought, Or does it mean the Luchot were given to them? Right, so for right now, we'll assume it means was said. And this is the famous Machloket, whether or not the event happened on the 6th or the 7th. And of course, uh, people love to joke around and say, well, Hashinah was in Chutzlar, so they kept two days Yantif. So it could have been either one of them. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> Laughing is the nicest thing you could do. It's kind of silly. But Amar Rava. Now Rava's commentary is, He says, everybody agrees, meaning both sides here agree, Yossi and Tanakama, agree that they arrived at Har Sinai, or arrived at the, at the foot of Har Sinai on Rosh Chodesh of Sivan. And everybody agrees that the Torah was given on Shabbat. Now that point I want to look at a little more deeply, because that's going to be critical for our analysis. Where did Hirava get that from? So regarding Shabbat, the Torah uses the phrase, Now, is referring to, That's in Pashat Kadesh. And what that means is, Zachor et meaning that, remember, this day that you left Mitzrayim, meaning that the statement of Zachor is made on the day that the event you're supposed to remember happened. And so therefore, Ma'alalan bitzumoshal yom, afkan bitzumoshal yom. Just like in Parshat Kadesh, Zachor et ha-yom Mitzrayim is stated on the day they left. Similarly, Zachor et yom is stated on Shabbat. And since a serot that he brought are given on Shabbat, meaning they were given and on, on this day of Matan Torah, and it says, Zachot Yom HaShabbat Lekatsho, based on that, they had to be given on Shabbat. Ki pligi bikviya diarcha. 
that the Machloka, Reb Yossi, and Chachamim is basically about when Rosh Chodesh was. Was Rosh Chodesh Sunday or was it Monday? If it was Sunday, Rabbi Yossi says, therefore <coughs> the 7th of Sivan is that Shabbat. If it's Monday, Chachamim, then the 6th of Sivan is that Shabbat. Either way, it's that Shabbat. Right? And, uh, and the rest of the Gemara then goes through some of the issues of the Mehag Bala. Now, what you see in Source 2 and 3 is nothing new. It's nothing new because it's nothing that aids us. It just supports the question, which is that Shavuot is a Chag that we're told about in Parshat Mishpatim. Again, of course, in Parshat Kitisa, that's the same thing, which is the recovenanting, and is presented as Chag HaKatsir. In um, Parshat Emor, where we get the much greater development of Chag HaShavuot with Sfirat Omer leading up to it, it is, again, purely in agricultural terms. And that is, <laughs> you bring the Omer in Mocharat Shabbat, whatever that may mean, and that, of course, is its own big discussion and dispute. And then you start counting, and then on the day after you've counted fully seven weeks, on the 50th day, you bring a new korban, and that's called Chag, here it's called uh, Yom Chag Hashem, whatever it be. It's Chag, Chag Shavuot in, in Re'eh. But again, no connection whatsoever to Matan Torah. So that's why I ask these questions. How did we arrive at the date of Av Sivan? Shavuot is not associated with any historic event of any biblical source, meaning any anything, and certainly not Matan Torah, right? Chazal are convinced, this is Rava's position, the Torah was given on Shabbat. And if you think about it, the proof text is a little bit weak. To say, Zachor tayom hazeh asher mitzrayim, means it's the day you left. To say, Zachor yom HaShabbat lekacho had to be given on Shabbat, there's nothing in the text that recommends that. And yet, they're starting from a position of saying, we know the Torah was given on Shabbat, and now we find these sukim to sort of prop it up. So we're, what's the, we're, there's a there's a uh, a, uh, a a lower kind of a, a more base understanding that it was given on Shabbat, and the question is where that's coming from. Okay, um, so let's take a look at this story, which I think is gonna is gonna help us out a lot. We have to keep in mind you might want to keep a pencil and a, and a paper ready. This is now the story of the man. This is the sixteenth chapter of uh, of Shmot. We're skipping some and not going all the way to the end because we're doing the parts that are that are um, Vital for us. I've been Israel or out in the Midbar, and they uh, and they've come uh, to um, to Elim, and they at Elim they found uh, the seventy uh, palms and the sorry the seventy uh, seventy palm trees and uh, twelve springs, etc. They go from there. So they know they're on their way to Sinai. Now, by the way, notice that this is one of the few events in Tanakh that are dated. It's, it might surprise you, but if you think about it, how many events can you point to in Tanakh? Not commands, but events that happened, that we have a date of when they happened. Think about it. There's only one person who we know when he died. Who's that? Aaron. Aaron, first day of the fifth month. We don't know when Moshe died. We don't know when Miriam died. We don't really know when Nadav and Aviyu died. It's actually Machloket Tanaim, whether it was the first or the eighth of Nisan. Right? Um, we, um, we're not even told explicitly the day that we left Mitzrayim until we get to Mas'e. But we have very few uh, events that are, that are marked with a date, but this one is. 
They arrive at this spot on the 15th day of the second month, which puts us at exactly a month, either 29 or 30 days, after we left Mitzrayim. By the way, what day of the week is this? We got no clue. So Israel complained, not the first time. They complained before Yamsuf about getting killed. They complained after Yamsuf at Marah. Now they're complaining. We should have better, would have been better die in Egypt. At least we were dying well fed, like the sentiment in Echadalid. Better to die by the sword than to die by hunger. Because at least when you die by the sword, you got fresh of blood coming out of you. Here, you just wither away. Same thing there. You took us out to kill us by hunger. All right? That's the claim. And we know what's going to lead to. It's going to lead to man. I'm going to make it rain food from heaven. And I'm going to have them, people go out and collect each day. Now that's a line that we may get back to, but but just on a on a on a prima facial level, I'm gonna have them go out and collect every day so that I can test them will they follow my Torah or not. So two different questions. Question one is how is this event going to be a test? And second of all, what's the it, what's the impact of passing the test. In other words, is is the notion that I've given them some laws, now let's see if they're going to follow them? Doesn't seem to be the case, because I haven't given them the laws yet. So the simpler read of it would be to say, this is a test to see whether they will follow the Torah, and then, if they will, I'll give it to them. What is the test itself? That's a good question that maybe we'll have time for, but not germane to what we're doing. But the, what is germane is that the purpose of the test is to see whether I should give them the Torah. Okay. Now, v'hayam bayom hashishi ve'chinu atashayavu. What does that mean? V'hayam bayom hashishi. When is yom hashishi? It would be the day before Shabbat. What? What Shabbat? I'm saying whatever that day is that they're not going to collect. Well, who said they're not going to collect? You're jumping the gun. Oh, right on the okay. So the only simple way to read it, only simple way to read it is to say, starting from today, six days. In other words, I'm telling you something now, and on the sixth day, the stuff they bring in, they should then prepare. And then they'll get a double portion. All right, that's the, that's the rule. But keep that in mind, there is no day like Yom Shishi, Yom Chamishi, because there's no Shabbat yet. So Yom Shishi has to be in the sixth day from now. Which means, since we know that's going to be Erev Shabbat, what day is Moshe speaking? What day of the week is Moshe speaking? Friday, I guess. Well, he's saying, okay. And Moshe is speaking on the first day. Which is what day? Well, Sunday. I don't know where he started. It's Sunday. So actually, it's Shabbat. And I'll show you why. Because he said... Friday or Saturday. What? You said it's Sunday or Shabbat when he's Shabbat. I'll show you why. Okay. Uh, Shem says to Moshe, I am going to make it rain when? Starting tomorrow. And then on the sixth day, they're going to get double. 
which means I'm speaking on Shabbat, which means, by the way, we now have a correlation. The 15th of the second month is Shabbat. All right, so keep that in mind. Now, Vahiva Aaron, can you repeat that Cheshman again? Yeah. Moshe says, um, Hashem says to Moshe, I'm going to make it rain, and they're going to go out and collect each day, in order to, right? And then on the sixth day, sixth day of what? So where does it say tomorrow? Where, where and, does it say tomorrow? What? Where does it say I'm going to make it rain tomorrow? Just wait a second. Okay. He says, he doesn't say when it's going to start. Give us a second. Okay. We'll go out and collect. And then, I'm skipping the red in a minute, for a minute. And then on the sixth day, the sixth day of collection, then they will prepare everything and they're going to have double portion, which means there's going to be a full five days of regular collection and a sixth day of double collection, which means the first day it's going to fall is Sunday. Right? You want me show? Now, what do we read in the narrative? In the morning, there was the there was the mud. So there's this layer of uh, coriander seed, whatever it looks looks like. So that means the next day, which means that the day they arrive in Mibar Sinai, and they the, the day they arrive Bain Elin Sinai is Shabbat the 15th of ER. We'll call it ER. Okay. So the, so the month well, first appeared on Sunday morning? Hold it. What? Say again? So the month first appeared on Sunday morning? Correct. 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 Probably in the form of bagels. Now, um, uh, and we could do a whole year on what the word man is. Yeah. Right? They call it man as if to say, perhaps it may mean like, what is it? Like, what you call it? And Moshe says, that's the food that Hashem has given you. Okay. Now, this is by Yom HaShishi. What's the date? The date is the 21st. 20, yeah. 21st. Okay. What did they do? They collected double. And now, all the Nassim, because they didn't know about it, because Moshe had not told them, evidently. So then he gives them this rule that there's not going to be anything out there tomorrow, anything you want to prepare, cook, bake, etc., do today. And by the way, you can keep it over an extra day, which you can't do otherwise. And so they leave it until morning. And guess what? It doesn't go bad, unlike what it would normally do. Now, Vayom Moshe, Ichlu Hayom. When is Moshe saying this, Ichlu Hayom? Well, it's easy, because it says, Ki Shabbat Hayom Ladunai. Now, this is the first Shabbat in history. Not, I'm not talking about Breshit, but the first Shabbat that people are observing in history. That's what I want to ask you. The Breshit Shabbat has no significance in the world. No. Nobody recognizes it. It's not right. Masorah Mitzrayim about, about uh, keeping Shabbat and Mitzrayim didn't have Masorah about, about it? They might have. We have no evidence. There's certainly no textual evidence to, to indicate that. Shabbat seems to be introduced. Right? Look at Pasuk Haftat. It's a new gift. 
I'm familiar with the Midrashim. But simply reading on a textual level, this is where Shabbat's introduced to people for the first time. Now, Moshe says, Famous Pasuk, we get the three sudot from here, Ayom, Ayom, Ayom. Rav Chidka gets three sudot during the day, besides the one at night, right? Okay. But Moshe's saying this on Shabbat. The date is the 22nd, correct? But yes, I got a question. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. What does Moshe tell them? For six days you'll collect. The seventh day will be Shabbat. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. When was this? When was it that people went out to collect and it wasn't there and it was Shabbat? It could only be sometime after the morning. I understand. What date? That would be the twenty second. I think it's the twenty ninth. Take a look at it. Look, look at the sequence. On the twenty first, double falls down. Everybody says, "What's going on?" Moshe gives them the direction. Moshe comes out on the twenty second and says to them, "Today you eat it. Today you enjoy. It's Shabbat, etc." For six days you collect, and the seventh day there won't be any. Wait, what date was that again? The, 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 you said the twenty first is what? Is Friday? Oh, that's that's what I okay, fine. Right? And then the twenty second. Yeah. Is the day that Moshe comes out and says, Pasuk Hafen Chavad. It's clear that's on the 22nd. And then he says, The seventh day, there won't be any. And now, what's Bayom Hashvi'i? It's the 29th. Because Moshe is giving them a directive and saying, For six days you collect, seventh there won't be any. And nonetheless, on the seventh day, what happened? Why didn't they go out on the twenty second? Because he because the twenty seconds already happened. That's my point. Pasuk Chafei is Moshe coming out and telling them about what's happening. etc. And he says, for six days you'll collect on the seventh day. Look, the first day that could be in Pasuk Chavav is the twenty ninth. Because Shabbat has already has already happened now. Yomashvi is seventh day from now. So by he by what happened on that seventh uh, day? I understand. Okay, right? They actually are really using to, to to point that out because now it's a week later. They're they're mayantem. No, it's not a, a week later. It's chavzayin. They go out to collect on this. No, no, is, is related to that because now he gets upset. With yeah, them. of course, and that's Hashem's response. Right. You're going to reject my mitzvot. Remember, the man was a test. Will they follow the Torah? And now Hashem says, how long are you going to refuse or to resist keeping my mitzvot? Ru'u ki Adonai natan lachem ha-shabbat. That's my question. Why is it ha-shabbat? It's the, it's, it's the name of an institution. Ru'u ki Adonai natan lachem ha-shabbat. Al-kein roten lachem bayom ha-shishi lachem yomayim. That's why the norm is that you get Lachem Yomayim on this Yom HaShishi. Shvu ish tachtav, meaning stay in your place. Al yitzay ish mikoah Yom Now this is being said on either the 29th or the 30th or 1st, whatever you want to call it, the next day. Or on the 29th itself. And what do we have? Vayishpetu ha'am bayom Right. Which means that nobody went out to collect bayom Which Yom is this? Third week. Shavuot. So if you want to say 
I'm going to give you both chances, both opportunities. If you want to say that Pasuk Chavzayin is the 22nd, this is the 29th. But if you want to say that Chavzayin is the 29th, which I think it is, this is now the first yeah. Shabbat in Sivan, which is either the 6th or the 7th, depending on whether ER is 30 or 29. How do we get a third week in there? Okay, one more time, let's go through it. On And I'm using dates here so that it's very clear. On the 21st of ER was the Friday where double portion fell, the first week of month. On the 22nd, Moshe comes out and says, this is the day of Shabbat. You're not going to find any. For six days you collect, seventh day, there's not going to be anything. In the meantime, on the seventh day, the Hainu, a week later, people still went out to collect. Right? That's the 29th. Hashem gets angry. Moshe tells them Hashem is angry. And now what happens? The people are loyal, and on that next Shabbat, they observe it, which means the first Shabbat, they didn't know what's going on, but they weren't collecting anything. The second Shabbat, some people went out to collect. Hashem got angry. The third Shabbat, they all observed Shabbat. Now remember, the man was supposed to be a test. Do I give him the Torah? Now do the math. The fact that on the second Shabbat, some people violated it. And we find throughout Tanakh, certainly in the early periods, one or two violators can, can impact on everybody. Think Achan as an example. And so therefore, that means they're not passing the test. What happens here? Which means that third Shabbat, they actually observed it. And so therefore, that's the day of Matan Torah. Now do the math. If the uh, 29th is that Shabbat that they violated, what's seven days later? Either the 6th or the 7th of Sivan, depending on whether or not there's one or two, or two days of Rosh Chodesh. Very simple. So that gets us to Vav Sivan. Now, Which is Shabbat. Yes. Now, again, going back, back in our sugya, we saw the Chazal assumed, at least Rav assumed, for no, no, no question, Shabbat, the, the Torah was given on Shabbat. And his, his textual support was kind of weak. But I think he's coming from a much stronger place. Because he's looking at the Pasuk and saying, the man is explicit, explicitly presented as a Nisayon, will they follow my Torah? Here, they, their Nisayon that is explicit is, are they going to observe Shabbat? That's the, the big test here. And they fail it, but then the next week they rehabilitate and they all fulfill it. They keep it. So if the test is keeping Shabbat, then Shabbat's the day that they're going to get Torah. And that's yes. Why, why, why am I missing Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Then yeah. that's Rav Sivan. Okay? Now, ask your question. Why the missing Yud and Shvi on the last one? Oh, I don't know. It's in the, not the photography now. Okay, so that's all an old shear that I wanted to share with you uh, about how we get to the date of Vav Sivan. And I think it's, I think that there's two ways to slice it. One is if you want to insist that Chav Zayin is the 22nd, not the 29th, meaning people went out to collect, <laughs> that would mean that on the next Shabbat, which is the 29th, they observed it. And then that means that they had the, that they earned the right the next Shabbat to get the Torah. But I think it's much easier to read it as Chav Zayin is the 29th, and Muhammad, that's the Yom HaShvi in which they got the Torah. <clears throat> now, all of that assumes that 
the story of the man and the test of the man really is the key to Matan Torah, which you could read in to the Nisayon of the man. And it seems to be the only litmus test HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to Bnei Yisrael about their loyalty. The only place where we find him, by the way, it's mentioned also in Ekev. Right? The whole thing of the hunger and the man is all a big test. So, very possibly. And yet, in um, older than we are accustomed to source, we find that the connection between Shavuot and possibly Matan Torah found in actually sectarian literature. Maybe sectarian literature. I'll explain what I mean. Um, you know, we have a relatively uh, large library, although not all of it is available to us, of works that were written by members of the Jewish community, Jewish groups, between the era when the last books of Tanakh were written and when the period of Chazal starts. And we re- refer to these books typically as Hasfarim HaChitzonim, but we usually use the Greek term apocrypha, which means hidden. Books that really are nignaz. And what is, is there were the whole library of books ranging from legal works, not for the most part not, prophetic, psalm, uh, 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 proverb works, psalm works, um, apocalyptic works, all sorts of things which made up this library. They're all composed in Jewish circles, many of which seem to be vying for inclusion in the collection that we call Kidvea Kodesh. And Chachamim got together and voted which are in and which are out, and all the ones that are in Apocrypha by definition in are out. And that means, by the way, for the most part, they were lost to us, but not really. Because you find Chazal quoting them in certain places, especially Mishle ben Sirah, but there are other books of the Apocrypha that Chazal are familiar with and quote. Sometimes you find Bishonim quoting them, but they were really kept alive because the church was enamored with the Apocrypha. As a matter of fact, in the Catholic, but not the Protestant, but in the Catholic Bible, the Apocrypha is included. And so you'll find the book of Maccabees there, and Tobit, and Susanna, with the 13th chapter of Daniel, and uh, Judith, a lot of stories that we're familiar with. Yehudit from Hanukkah, that's part of the Apocrypha. Um, that's, that's the Catholic Bible? What? It, in the Catholic Bible only, you'll find this stuff, right? And so Jews in the pre modern era became aware of this because of interactions with Christians, and that's how we discovered the Apocrypha. And then over time, it started getting translated back to Hebrew because the Apocrypha was kept in almost every case in a translation, not in Hebrew, which means many of the books which were originally written, not all, but many of the books were originally written in Hebrew, got translated into Greek, and then made their way back to Hebrew. So, you know, we're not sure how accurate the, the text is that we have. But in any case, one of the most fascinating books in the Apocrypha is a book called Sefer Hayovlim, or the Book of Jubilees. And it is a book that is exactly what it sounds like. Um, and it is a, a book which is really a chronography of events from creation until Matan Torah. In a second, I'll tell you why it stops there. And it's presented, though, as a, as a timeline with every event being identified by which Yovel, which Shemitah, which year, which month, which day it happened on. Uh, and it sort of becomes the basis of the Midrash that we know as Seder Olam, which does the same thing but goes much, much further. The reason that it is stops at Matan Torah is because the premise of Sefer HaYovlim is that it was given to Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. And so therefore it recounts events all the way up until there. 
and it includes many, many popular Midrashim, including Midrashim that we're familiar with, Avram and Terach arguing about Avodah Zarah, all sorts of interesting things, some of them different than the way our Midrashim have it, and some of them very close to the way our Midrashim have it. One of the premises of Jubilees, though, is that the Avot kept much of the Torah, even though it hadn't been given yet. And it predates many major mitzvot and, and law systems in the Torah, including ritual law systems, to well before even the Avot. So I want to show you this passage from Jubilee 6 because it's a mind blower. And on the new moon of the third month, he went forth from the ark, this is Noah, and built an altar on that mountain. Now, we don't have that date in Chumash as being when he left. Right? And he made atonement for the earth, etc. But it places it in that day, and the korbanot he brings. And you see, this is classic, what we call shiftuv, rewritten Bible, where the Tanakh and the Midrashim are all woven together. And, um, and, the, and the Brit, for this reason it is ordained and written on the heavenly tables, that they should celebrate the Feast of Weeks in this month once a year. In other words, Shavuot has its anchor in the end of the Mabul, and Hashem making the Brit with people, to renew the covenant every year. Notice the emphasis. That the 6th of Sivan, right, and you'll, you'll see the, the date in here, the 6th of Sivan, which is the Feast of Weeks, should be done every year because it commemorates re-covenanting. And this whole festival is celebrated in heaven from the day of creation till the days of Noah, 26 jubilees and five weeks of years. Weeks of Shemitot. So 26 jubilees, do the math, that's 1,300 years. And another five weeks of years, which is another 35. And Noah, and that, that all fits in with the chronology we have in Torah. And Noah and his sons observed it for seven jubilees and one week of years till the day of Noah's death. It all comes out, the math comes out. And from the day of Noah's death, his sons did away with it until the days of Abraham. And they ate blood. That was part of the covenant. Remember that Abraham and Achai. So they... They gave it up and they ate blood. But Avram observed it and Yitzchak and Yaakov and his children observed it up to your days. Your days meaning Moshe. The Mamach is talking to Moshe. And in the day, the, your days, the children of Israel forgot it until you celebrated anew on this mountain. And do command the children of Israel to observe this festival and all the generations for a commandment unto them. One day in the year in this month they shall celebrate the festival, the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of First Fruits. The feast is twofold and of a double nature, according to what is written in the graven concerning it, celebrated. Which means that here in Sefer Yovlim, which dates to somewhere around the 3rd century BCE, there is seemingly a connection between Chag Shavuot and, um, and Matan Torah. The only issue here that we have to contend with a little bit is the specific date. And that is as follows. We're not really sure what the provenance of Sefer Yovlim is, meaning, is it from rabbinic circles, proto-rabbinic circles, or is it from sectarian circles? Or is part of it from sectarian circles? The reason I mention that is because something that we've talked about in a whole different context is what's the date of Shavuot? It's the date of Pesach, the date of Sukkot, the date of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are explicitly in the Torah. What's the date of Shavuot? From, uh, oh, seven weeks after you bring the uh, the Omer. When do you bring the Omer? Shabbat. When's that? Have fun with that. 
So in the sectarian calendar that we discovered in, I think it was Cave 11, no, Cave 4, um, it, we, we, we know their calendar, and on the 15th of the third month, what we call Sivan, was their Shavuot. They brought the Omer on Sunday, the 26th of Nisan. And seven weeks later is Sunday, the 15th of, of Sivan, and that was when the, uh, when the Shavuot was, which means unless we identify in here an explicit mention of the 6th of Sivan uh, in this uh, story, then we, we will just have to say we don't know which date in Sivan they're referring to, and it depends what group actually identified it. But the connection between Chag HaShavuot, which is an agricultural festival, and it's specifically mentioned Bikurim here, and the notion of recovenanting now has its has its source or its, its sort of background in the story of Noah, and that it was something that was maintained throughout history, and was only lost during generations when people were not worthy, and now Moshe is being told, and now we're renewing it now that you guys are here and you're going to celebrate it on this mountain because it's part of the covenant. So another interesting take on where our connection between Shavuot and Chag Matan Torah uh, shows up. Because in our literature, explicitly, it doesn't show up until the rabbinic period and late, later in the rabbinic period. Two questions. So, so uh, just something, something fun to share about Matan Torah and the date.